off the seminal album, London Calling, it's The Clash with the right profile. Ciao for now.
right, some music from Brother Spellbinder. Are you, are you spellbound? I am. Um, really cool, really cool band. Um, go check them out at the Revolution Cafe, I think on Wednesday nights. Uh, I think they're still on that circuit. Um, all right, well, this is an unavoidable topic. The midterm elections. Oh my God. So Global Val's election season coverage, I have to be honest, it started really strong. Last December, actually, um, when the the late um, Ed Lee, our former mayor, um, died unexpectedly uh, in December of 2017. And it, 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 it struck, struck, ignited the fire of a, of a, short-lived uh, mayoral race, which probably saw more mayoral forums in that short little six-month period um, than a normal um, every four-year election, um, mayoral election would uh, would have. Um, it was a real whirlwind. I interviewed at least three of the candidates for mayor, um, a couple that uh, were supposed to come in and, and never did. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> And uh, we had a, a forum here for people who were running against Nancy Pelosi for U.S. Congress. We had a right here at Mutiny Radio. I, I moderated that forum uh, between, I believe, four candidates. Um, and uh, we talked to people who were pushing for or strongly opposed to various ballot measures. All, all of this like in the first six months really of uh, 2018. And you can find links to all of those interviews on globalval.blogspot.com. Globalval.blogspot.com has links to all those. And so it's kind of funny. I have to, I really have to admit this um, because as a volunteer radio DJ, um, it was about, you know, it was about a week before the June uh, primary election here. And, um, when I realized, wow, this election season goes till November. <laughs> so I admittedly felt a little bit burnt out um, but, but after the June election. So uh, we actually took some time this summer to kind of uh, step back a little bit and, um, you know, do our shows every other week as opposed to every single week. And um, so my, my latter part of 20, 2018 election season coverage was a, a little less intense than the first half. Um, that being said, uh, certainly uh, there's been a lot to talk about this year. Um, I went to the She the People conference. Um, it was a big summit here in San Francisco. And um, it was women from around the country, 36 states, um, primarily women of color, which was the focus of uh, building a community of support um, outside of, um, although, you know, still somewhat aligned with uh, the current political party systems, um, but, uh, you know, trying to push for, for, for more women to be elected into all levels of government. Um, and it wasn't until that summit, She the People, um, that 
I really understood the scale of uh, the movements here across the country. Um, the pushes, the push for change uh, in representative government, uh, who was going to be running and winning primaries and then ultimately winning seats uh, around the country. Um, so although there were, of course, a few, you know, disappointments, as there always are uh, in this recent election that took place just three short days ago, um, we certainly saw a big wave of change. I'm not going to call it a blue wave, um, you know, even though uh, a lot of people ran under the Democratic banner, um, but certainly a, a large wave of change um, with a lot of firsts. In fact, a record 117 women won office on Tuesday. Um, pretty amazing stuff. Um, let's see. Uh, I'm going to just by you know some of the numbers here uh, I've got a couple articles here that I'm referencing one's from NPR one's from the New York Times so um, mostly objective number stuff uh, as opposed to substantive uh, bias but um, in terms of numbers hundred at least 117 women were elected on Tuesday 100 Democrats and 17 Republicans and that was as of Wednesday you know there's still some counting to be done of them 42 are women of color at least three of them are LGBT um, with some ballots still being counted counted women have so far claimed 96 of the house's 435 seats um, which is expected to rise to 100 um, that's a, uh, an increase from the current 84 seats that women occupy in the House of Representatives. So uh, still, you know, nowhere close to parity, but uh, growing. Um, at least 12 women won Senate seats, um, which will bring the total in that chamber to at least 22. Um, so th again, nowhere near halfway, but... Uh, <laughs> uh, it, some victories across nonetheless um, for women and there's certainly you know from both parties actually uh, women won nine governorships um, six women currently serve so that's bringing that number way up um, basically overall at least 10 more congressional seats will be occupied by women than before um, let's see uh, 250 women were on the ballot um, so the fact that 117 women won is a pretty amazing figure. Um, I just want to talk about some of the people who won who are really interesting that we're going to be uh, looking at and, and, and becoming familiar with over the years to come. Um, the first Muslim women... Uh, there was the Democrat uh, Rashida Talib, who's from Michigan's 13th district. I met her at She the People. She came to San Francisco. Um, she had, you know, tears in her eyes as she spoke about the water crisis of Flint, Michigan. Um, these are people who are going do door to door and real grassroots um, efforts uh, to become elected. So. Um, She's going to be represent in the House of Representatives. She'll be representing Michigan's 13th district. Um, and then from Minnesota, another Muslim woman, Ilan Omar, uh, is representing that state's 5th district. So they both became the first Muslim women elected to Congress. Um, and also, uh, Ilhan Omar is also a refugee. So she'll be the first refugee in Congress. Um, 
And then uh, Rashida Tlaib will be the first Palestinian-American woman to serve in Congress. So I think that's going to be rather interesting as well. Um, she, she joked at She the People. She said, you know, of course, my mother thinks I'm going to go free Palestine. <laughs> um, but, you know, what a different voice to have in Congress. Um, we also elected the youngest woman ever, 29-year-old Democrat Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Um, she's serving New York's 14th district. Um, and yeah, the, the woman who currently holds, um, uh, who, who previously held that distinction of being the youngest woman was elected at age 30, um, in that, also from New York, but that was back in 2014. So uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, she's been getting a lot of press, of course. You're probably familiar with her name. What I think is particularly badass about her, other than her politics, is that she not only won in the 14th district in her primary in June, but she also won as a write-in candidate for the 15th district because they loved her so much. Um, so, of course, after that primary, she had to choose one district, which, of course, she chose the 14th, which she was running for, um, to represent... Um, you know, from where she came from in New York. Uh, so she's going to call uh, to Congress. <laughs> she's going to college. No, she's going to Congress. Um, another round of firsts, which I think is particularly moving, um, is the first Native American women. Uh, Democrat Sharice Davids won the House seat from Kansas's third district, unseating a Republican Kevin Yoder. And Democrat Deb Holland from New Mexico won the seat for New Mexico's first district. So both of them, that makes both of them the first Native American women ever elected to Congress. You get where we're going with this? You see, see what's happening here? Um, Ayanna Presley, Democrat from Massachusetts, a city councilwoman from Boston who won, who ran against a 10-term incumbent Democrat and won the, her primary handily, won this election. And she's becoming the first black woman elected to Congress from Massachusetts uh, to represent that state's 7th district. Um, huge. Um also, um, Iowa's getting their first women House members ever um, going to Congress. Uh, first Latina Congress members from Texas, uh, Democrat Veronica Escobar in the state's 16th district and Sylvia Garcia in the state's 29th district. First Latinas represented in the, in the state Congress, according to the Texas Tribune. Um, First woman governor of Maine, uh, first woman ever elected governor of Iowa, first woman senator from Tennessee, uh, first woman governor from South Dakota, um, who's a Republican, by the way, but still, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a women's magazine, um, and the first woman senator from Arizona. Pretty amazing stuff. Uh, I, I'm not, I don't usually love, um, and that was some reporting from the, from NPR. I don't usually love, um, the New York times, but there was, uh, the, 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 there was a great line here, um, from Maya Salam who wrote the gender letter. Um, and she said a record 117 women won elections across the United States on Tuesday, flipping seats and taking names. So, 
if you don't think change is possible, think again. Um, if you don't think change is in progress, don't be mistaken. Uh, there's a lot of passion and a lot of power and a lot of people coming together um, to try to stir the pot in this country and um, and uh, well, make it more fair, more equitable, more actually representative of our populace. And so um, I've I've. I've met some of these women. I have uh, talked to some of their senior advisors. Um, I, I interviewed um, Ayanna Presley's senior advisors here on Women's Magazine back on, I'll get the date right in a minute, it's September 21st. So you can check out that uh, podcast uh, where we kind of did a, re a recap of She the People and talked about Ayanna Presley's um, historic run and victory. Um, so yeah, it's happening. Um, change, change is here, change is coming. And uh, when you see a picture of the next uh, House of Representatives when they get sworn in uh, in, in January, it's gonna look a lot different. So um, Democrats have regained the, the uh, majority in the House of Representatives. Um, a, a good way to put a check on power. Uh, remember old checks and balances? Um, a great way to, to put some balance, at least, back into our uh, system of government between the executive, the judiciary, and the legislative branches of government. Um, so uh, although the, the Senate is still uh, has a root majority of Republicans who obviously have been self-serving their own um, moneyed interests behind them and playing dirty and getting into bed with uh, sleazeball number 45 um, to get their own agenda across. Well, you know, Senate still has a majority of Republicans, but things are changing. Uh, we definitely are looking at a time of opportunity. So don't go to bed. If you're feeling like you're more woke than you've ever been, uh, you know that you got to stay up um, and, and keep at it. Um, we certainly need to remain vigilant, um, especially as attacks uh, keep coming from the White House against uh, freedom of the press. Um, just remember, if if people are trying to hide things from you, it's probably because they're doing something that you are not going to like very much. So, um, you know, the writings on the wall, uh, the, the, dir the, the dirty dealings are, um, not too far under the surface. So, um, don't despair. Here's a little music for you. A little more brother spellbinder. This is Women's Magazine. I'm Global Val. Awesome Friday. You are. He did you a favor. You'll appreciate later. Just another night caper. Never say never. It's gonna
you're gonna get by. You're gonna thrive. Sometimes you're gonna feel like you're flying. Happy Friday, everybody. This is Global Val here at MutinyRadio.fm. You're listening to Women's Magazine. I do always want to encourage you to tune in and listen to Women's Magazine on KPFA 94.1 FM every Monday afternoon from 1 to 2 p.m. My colleagues over there are always doing fantastic work uh, elevating women's voices. Um, They are the original Women's Magazine. I am but an outpost here in the Mission District on this crazy ship called Mutiny Radio. Anyhow, um... Happy November, uh, and uh, wow, what a year. All right, I feel like I should read you a poem, and this is is not my poem. I did not write this. Um, I might read one of my own later, but um, this comes from She the People, so the She the People Summit that happened in September. um, It's called An Anthem for Now. And it's honor. It's in honor of she the people, and it's by Elmaz Abinader, and um, she is um, a professor over at Mills College, and she wrote this, and this this kind of came on the flyer from that day. Um, so here we go. It's called an anthem for now. The world inside and beside me are one. Change starts when you listen to the heart. Hear this. Country, you do not need a telescope to find us. Stars are among you. Shift your eyes from the corridors to the sky, from the sky to the home, from the home to the field, from the field to the classroom, hospital, factory floor, and street corners. Hear this. We are the voiceless and we will be heard, not as a song to entertain you, not as a rule to be followed or a call to dinner. We call on you to listen to the voices that stream in from embattled countries and towns with names hard to pronounce and ways you do not see on TV. The world inside and beside me are one. Change starts when you listen to the heart country hear this the configuration is new again answers are not bought or bargained for this is no backhaul game nothing is theoretical the evidence is us and we come here open hands to offer solution inclusion compassion and generosity don't question it so country It's time to welcome the unseen and the unheard who have been doing your labor all along. But don't worry, we clean up good and stand before you and with you. See us, hear us with all our languages, accents, bodies, all our ages and wisdoms. It is time. The world inside and beside me are one change starts when you listen to the heart. And that was written by Elmaz Abinader, professor, an anthem for now. She the people, y'all. It's awesome. Suddenly, a bow, a wee for 
You've been listening to Women's Magazine here on MutinyRadio.fm. I'm Global Val. Thank you so much for tuning in. Of course, the music that we were listening to here is from Brother Spellbinder. Um, and uh, it's an exciting time to be alive. So I feel like I should read you a little poem as well. Um, because although I myself... Uh, Well, let's see. Do I have time to read this? Hmm. It's kind of a long one. (sighs) How about this? We'll end with with this. Because I know that you're out there and you're dreaming. Uh, I know I'm dreaming. So here we go. Visions awaken. Visions awaken through inspiration. Open your eyes. Seek and find what you wish to be. Call to the far reaches. The echo is destiny. Pump love and passion even into the faintest notion of what could be. A colorful yarn unraveling to unleash your story. A call and response of your dreams and reality. Peace to you all. I'm Global Val. Stay tuned. The Common Thread Collective is coming up next. Um, lots of love. Stay, stay strong. Stay healthy. And remember, just when your aspirations seem outrageous, like running for Congress and winning, who knows? Inspiration is contagious. Peace. Thank you. Stay tuned.
down enjoy our patio. It's open uh, in the afternoon, not really in the evening, but a lot of good folks hanging out back there. Come on down, give us a shout, drop by the bar, make some friends. Thanks, folks. Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of Oh, hi. Hey, what's up? I'm sorry, I just really fucked up because yesterday my psychic told me to watch out for a guy named Marty. And I was like, I don't know any Martys, but he's just like, I'm switching on the lineup. Hi, I'm Marty. <laughs> and I'm like, hi, I'm stoned. Welcome to Cottonmouth Karaoke. Is there going to be backup music or am I doing this acapella?
Welcome to the show. It's, I'm Rebecca Rush. It is wonderful to be here. Uh, last night, I've been in San Francisco a few days. I live in New York. And last night, I got thrown up on a show last minute. And we have CBD in New York, but it isn't real. There's no actual CBD in it, which I didn't learn until my cramps gummies kicked in. And I went and got on stage, and they're like, give it up for Ruby Rush. Oh, and also, before that, a girl in the green room was named Aviva. You never hear about near girls named Aviva, but that was my name when I was an escort. So, <laughs> so my edible kicks in. This was last night. And then there's Aviva. So part of my brain is like, Aviva was fun. And then they're like, Ruby Rush. And then like Ruby Rush did comedy. And I was just like high in the corner. But Ruby Rush sounds like tall. You know, like she sounds fancy. I couldn't pull off a Ruby Rush. She sounds like she flies private, you know? Like she's joined the Mile High Club. Last week I masturbated on the Megabus. Just like, you know, just like throwing arm up into like female road warrior pose. I'm not a Ruby Rush. Uh, I've been making my living off performing for a while. Mostly oral. <laughs> my last job before that, more about that in the dirty show. Um, my last job before that, I was a nanny for one of those like hippie cheerleader women that like somehow makes spirituality like a cheer competition, and then they have a kid, and then I get to come in and be the nanny. Like I don't. She's like the kind of woman where I feel like she'd get mad if a girl she didn't like touched her hula hoop. Like the mom, not the kid. But so I get there to nanny and I have no experience. And she's just like, hi, this is my daughter. I stole her name from a Tibetan mantra. She's like, she's dairy free, gluten free, soy free, nitrate free, 
nut free, screen free, that's not even a food. Uh, and she's not allergic to any of those things, right? Her mother's just preparing her to be annoying in restaurants. And screen free means she's like not allowed to watch a movie, use an iPad, she's rich, she's four years old. Like I wasn't prepared for that. You know what I mean? I didn't sign up for that job. But with, and her mother's there all the time. I'm like, fine, my parents don't trust me either. Game on. But if I stopped paying attention to this kid for one second, her mother would like come out of the office and she'd be like, listen, listen. Raising a toddler is about presence. And then she would disappear. <laughs> and she had like pictures of herself like all over the house, like in all these different countries, you know, because she like loves other cultures so much. And I understand it's like really hard for these women. I don't mean to sound like I can't imagine how competitive it is to be like a rich woman with a baby in this day and age. Like you got to have an orgasmic birth. You got to like work full time, but from home, you know, you have like seven you know, kid has to like come out knowing eight different languages. You have to wear a yoni egg, which is an egg shaped crystal that you wear in your vagina until a dragon hatches. <laughs> or you sneeze in Sedona, whichever comes first. Um, so I like I understand that it's like hard for her, but Jesus Christ. Um, so she had these pictures of herself all over the house, and she'd be like, "Oh, that one." I'm like, "I didn't ask." She'd be like, "That's me in India, just like ruining yoga with other white women." <laughs> I mean, just like ruining yoga so hard, I don't even fart anymore. <laughs> I just release sacred winds now. Oh, that that's me in Costa Rica. <laughs> doing ayahuasca with a shaman named Mackenzie. <laughs> but like, oh, can you imagine like having this kid at the park in the summer and like the ice cream truck goes by and you gotta like explain it to her in a language that she understands, like why she can't have ice cream and you have to be like, your mommy cares more about your gut bacteria than your heart chakra. <laughs> but the last day I was there, and you never know what it is, do you? Um, the last day I was there, I had like a good Facebook post so I stopped paying attention to her and she went running for her mother going, mommy, 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 I want boobies. I want boobies now. And her mother comes out of her office and she pulls out a dry ass boobie. Like a puff of dust comes out of it. And she starts breastfeeding her right in front of me. Yes, yes sister. And I'm just standing there like an asshole like, hey, 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 that's dairy. Are you ready to start the show? <laughs> Up first, all the way out of Los Angeles, please put your hands together for Winter Spears. Hello, all. How's everybody doing tonight? We're going to start with my song. I hope you guys enjoy it. And he's gone too far, but you know it don't matter anyway. He can rely on the GOP. Well, maybe not. Look at Scarmucci. Ain't it rich, girls, that he got this far? Never thought it would happen this way. Whoever thought he would be 45, he would be 45.
winter with a Y, not because I'm pretentious, but because my mother is. <laughs> hey, mom, how you doing? <laughs> my last name is Spears, like Brittany. The Brittany is silent. Uh, people are always making jokes about my name. They sing songs. They quote Shakespeare. Once when this woman met me after talking to me on the phone, she looked at me and she said, oh, you're not at all what I was expecting. I said, what were you expecting? A Republican professional skier from Utah? I am, in fact, I'm Mitt Romney's sixth child. <laughs> what we wouldn't give for a Mitt Romney presidency, am I right? <laughs> Guys, we were so smug. We were like, oh, I don't want Mitt Romney to be president. I don't want John McCain to be president. We would all take up a collection right here, right now, to get either one of those people into the White House. <laughs> Uh, guys, um, I went to a double baby shower not too long ago. Two of my friends pregnant, but gifts for the babies. And uh, it got me to thinking about all the things that we do as women for our friends, because whenever it's a wedding, it's never just one shower, is it? It's the showers and the shoes and the dresses and the destination weddings to Punta Cana or wherever. Uh, the bail money, depending upon who your friends are. Uh, but we do this because we love our friends and we think to ourselves, one day, it's going to be all about me. One day, it's going to be my turn. I've reached a certain point in my life. I've neither gotten married nor had children. So my question is, is it weird? Is it wrong? Is it awkward? If I'm looking for a deposit into my PayPal, a gift card, a check, these student loans are not paying themselves, is what I'm saying. Guys, I've reached a certain point in my life, and I feel like I'm very clear on where I would succeed and where I would falter as a fiance and a wife. Now notice I say fiance and wife and not girlfriend, because at this point in my career, it's MVP title all the way. <laughs> it's not that I don't wanna be your girlfriend, but no, the girlfriend is not my end game. So uh, one of the traditions of marriage, it says that uh, an engagement ring is supposed to be three months salary. I wouldn't necessarily require that. Uh, what I'm looking for is 14 t-shirts I can put into a rotation that say I'm engaged, and then we can take the rest of that money and put it toward my college loans. Um, guys, 
Um, I am originally from Chicago. And thank you. And I love going back to Chicago to visit. What I don't enjoy is airline travel and how they make you put all your lotions and your oils into those little 3.4 ounce containers. If I could once again take a full size can of aerosol hairspray onto an airplane, I would beat a terrorist to death with a curling iron. Um, one of the reasons I love living in Southern California is that my best friend lives there. And I get to hang out with my niece all the time. It was her birthday this weekend, guys. She turned nine. Um, and one of the things that I love hanging out with her, she's amazing. Uh, I do have a bone to pick with her, however. Her favorite restaurant. The place she wants to go after every Girl Scout meeting and cello lesson is the soup plantation. She's in fourth grade. She doesn't know what a plantation is yet. And let's talk about their drinks for a minute. At the Soup Plantation, they have a drink called Front Porch Lemonade. Right? That's where I was, right? That's where I was. Right? Not feeling it, right? Right. That's exactly where I was, Kevin. But I thought to myself, okay, let's follow this logic down the rabbit hole. What's next? Field hand iced tea? House slave Arnold Palmer. Uh, guys, let me take a minute to educate you about a public health concern. You've heard about the flu virus. You've heard about Ebola. Let me take a minute to talk to you about our next public health crisis, minority blindness. If you work with five or less minorities of the same gender and ethnic type, and you're constantly calling them by the wrong name, you may have minority blindness. There's a student at the school where I used to work who's been stricken with this horrible disease. I know this because she mistook me for the lone black female senior student at the school. I was walking down the hall and she walked up next to me and she said, oh my God, I think our class got canceled. I wanted to feel bad for her, but all I'm thinking is, oh my God, she thinks I'm in high school. <laughs> A win is a win, people. A win is a win. Because of the seriousness of this issue, I've taken it upon myself to craft some test questions for self-diagnosis. Now, if you or someone you love answers yes to three or more of these questions, please see your doctor immediately. Early diagnosis is key. Do you think Michael Clark Duncan and Ving Rhames are the same person? <laughs> see? See? <laughs> So, we'll see, there you go. So he knows. So he's woke on that one. Uh, do you think Lisa Ling was in any of the Charlie's Angels movies? <laughs> do you think Edward James almost starred in the movie Machete? <laughs> Is there a constant argument in your head about whether it was Chris Tucker or Chris Rock who starred in the Rush Hour movies? <laughs> Do you think Morgan Freeman is Luke Skywalker's father? <laughs> Do you think Danny Glover ever worked for Bruce Wayne? <laughs> Thank you, Batman people. Do you think Nichelle Nichols, who played the original Lieutenant of Horror in Star Trek, also played Wheezy on the Jeffersons? <laughs> Thank you for loving that joke so much, Connor. Do you think that the Wu-Tang Clan is a family of ninjas? 
all sorts of interesting things happened where I used to work. Sometimes I had to have meetings with the parents of students. One day I walked out of my office. I said, oh, hi, I'm Winter. I had a meeting with the father of one of our students. And I stuck out my hand because that's what civilized people do. And he just looked at me. Now, he didn't do that thing that people do where they're like, oh, I don't shake hands, germs. Or, oh, I'm just getting over a cold, germs. He just looked at me. So I looked at him. And he looked at me. And I looked at my hand. And he looked at my hand. And then it occurred to me, oh, he's not going to shake my hand. And then I was like, wait, is he not shaking my hand because I'm a woman? Or is he not shaking my hand because I'm black? <laughs> is he not shaking my hand because I'm a woman? Or is he not shaking my hand because I'm black? Is he not shaking my hand because I'm a woman? Or is he not shaking my hand because I'm black? I figured it out, guys. He didn't shake my hand because he's a jerk, and that's why his wife left him. <laughs> That joke is mostly for me, guys. That's my little revenge. Uh, my, uh, let me leave you with this. Celine Dion can sell any song. This is how I know. In her Las Vegas Spectacular show, she sings the song, I Wish, by Stevie Wonder. Now, for those of you who don't know, the very first line of that song, looking back on when I was a little nappy-headed boy. When was that, Celine? When? I'm Winter Spears. Thank you so much. Keep it going for Winter Spears. That was fantastic. We're gonna keep the show moving right along with a very funny comedian who came here all the way from Maine. Please put your hands together for Connor McGrath. All right, yeah, let's give it up for your host, Rebecca. Hell yeah. I am from Portland, Maine. Uh, there's a lot of confusion uh, in this area, Portland, Maine, the other Portland. Uh, not a lot of people from here know about Portland, so I hope not only you learn about me, the Connor and the Connor McGrath experience, I want to tell you a little bit about Portland, Maine, the most populated city in the state of Maine, the first city in the United States named Portland. <laughs> Like Portland, Oregon, it's the godfather two of cities. Objectively speaking, it might be a little bit better, but it's not the first one. We are the first one. Uh, I'll tell you a little bit about Portland, Maine. Portland, Maine, your experience living in Portland, Maine, you have one of two experiences living in Portland, Maine. Uh, sometimes uh, you're eating lobster rolls and getting your dick sucked, and sometimes you're making lobster rolls and sucking dicks. I work in the service industry, so you can, can tell, uh, tell which part uh, role I play. <laughs> I'm glad I got chapstick in my gift bag. <laughs> it served me well. Uh, what, uh, Portland, Maine, I'll tell you a little bit. Uh, Portland, Maine's been hit hard by gentrification recently. It's been hit hard by gentrification. We got a lot of new hip microbrews and condominiums. Uh, so the story there is there's a bunch of ambitious Brooklynites who have moved up to southern Maine. They're ambitious Brooklynites. They've, uh, they've, they've gotten tired of the challenge of uh, gentrifying Latino and African-American neighborhoods. And they move up to Maine to push poor white people out of their neighborhoods. <laughs> uh, I, will, I will tell you a little bit about myself. My name is Connor McGrath. I'm 29 years old. I live in Portland, Maine with my parents, Steve and Lynn. And 
Our pet border terrier, Dempsey. I enjoy taking nice, long, leisurely walks around the city of Portland, Maine. I like listening to classic rock music. And I like drinking iced coffee unsweetened with coconut milk. And if they don't have coconut milk at the iced coffee shop, I like drinking iced coffee unsweetened with almond milk. And if they don't have coconut or almond milk at the iced coffee shop, I like drinking iced coffee unsweetened with regular milk. My milk preferences are not for ethical or dietary reasons. I just think those are the three best milks that pop flavor-wise with unsweetened iced coffee. And I also have Asperger's syndrome, which is on the autistic spectrum. Recently, I was doing a, a show up at, uh, down in Dover, New Hampshire. And after the show, one of the comedians on the show said, kind of, you should never open up your sets by talking about having Asperger's syndrome because it makes audiences feel awkward and uncomfortable. <laughs> and I said, well, man, you know what feels awkward and uncomfortable? Having Asperger's syndrome. <laughs> I am just trying to relay stories about my life the same way that you relay stories about your life by talking about smoking marijuana and your Cheeto dick. I think stand-up comedy is, modern-day stand-up comedy is the closest equivalent that we have to classic country music. I think modern-day stand-up comedy is the closest equivalent we have to classic country music. It's men and women of all different backgrounds, but mostly sad, drunk white men <laughs> talking about life, love, and loss. So I, I consider myself to be the Randy Travis of New England, Mutiny Radio. I enjoy living with my parents for the most part. My parents are pretty chill. I had a bit of a row with my mother, Lynn McGrath, uh, <laughs> recently, when she donated all of my Insane Clown Posse t-shirts to Goodwill while I was at work. She donated all of my Insane Clown Posse t-shirts to Goodwill while I was at work. She didn't tell me. She just wanted to get rid of all my t-shirts of the Scary Clown Band. And I had to confront her when I got home. I confronted her. She was in the garden, and uh, uh, in the front garden, not the back garden. And just to give you a visual, it's a two-story house. It was built in the 1920s Victorian style in the Deering Center neighborhood of Portland, Maine. Uh, so I confronted her in the front garden, and uh, I was giving her a piece of my mind. I was screaming at my mother. I was red-faced. I was giving her the swear finger. I'm not proud of this. I was screaming at my mother, red-faced, and giving her the swear finger. And the neighbors started gathering as a gathering of the juggalos. And uh, <laughs> like similar to that, uh, except for much more, uh, less trashy. Deering Center is a lovely neighborhood. And uh, Screaming at my mother, giving her the swear finger, and the whole neighborhood's watching, and I had to take a step back and assess the situation. I'm like, here I am, a 29-year-old man, screaming at his mother, giving her the swear finger about her donating his insane clown posse t-shirts to Goodwill. Had to take a step back, and I felt a weird sense of pride, uh, because that was the first moment in my life where I truly felt like a juggalo. <laughs> I've been doing pretty good with the ladies recently, Mutiny Radio. I've been doing pretty good with the ladies recently. Uh, I don't like to brag about my sex life too much because there's always one single guy in the audience that's like, man, fat autistic juggalos are getting laid and I'm not. This is a bunch of bullshit. But I will tell you this, autism, it doesn't just speak anymore. Autism fucks, baby. I think what's important uh, is figuring out your demographic. And I figured out my demographic recently, and there's a surprising amount of women who are sexually attracted to John Goodman from the early seasons of Roseanne. 
I did very well with that demographic. Another big thing is I'm very respectful of women and attentive of their needs, which is why I never uh, talk to them or make eye contact with them. And I generally cross the street when we're on the same side of the sidewalk. I give women plenty of space. It's not quite the case at uh, the restaurant I work at. It's a very crass environment at the restaurant that I work at. Uh, just the other day before we were uh, opening up for service, uh, we were frying up some cinnamon donuts for the dessert special that day. Me and the head chef were frying up cinnamon donuts. We were making Zeppelis, which is Cajun for cinnamon donuts, I believe. Uh, don't quote me on that translation. We were making cinnamon donuts, and he turns to me and he says, Connor, this is the second best smell in the entire world. I said, Chef, what do you consider to be the best smell in the entire world? Cinnamon donuts are a great smell. I want to know what you consider to be the best smell of the, in the entire world. And he says, without a hint of hesitation, pussy! <laughs> now, I don't want to be anti that smell. I think it is a good smell in particular situations. In a finger-blasting situation, I think it is a great smell. But to be the best smell in the entire world, I think it has to be a great smell in any situation. Let's say I'm going to Bank of America to open up a checking account, and I smell cinnamon donuts. I'm like, heck yes, I am glad I opened up a checking account at this Bank of America. But I don't want to smell pussy at the bank. I would think something's very wrong with that bank. I was like, where are you guys hiring your tellers? How do you guys clean your cash? It says you, you're FDIC insured on the front door, but I am not so positive. I am just going to cash in this jar of dimes and leave this ratchet ass bank. I, okay, my time's up. This is my song, thank you. When I took you out, I knew what you were all about. But when I did, I didn't mean to turn you on. Now I bring you home. You tell me goodnight's not enough for you. I'm sorry, baby. I didn't mean to turn you on. Whoa, I didn't mean to turn you on. You read me wrong. I wasn't trying to lead you on. Not like you think. I didn't mean to turn you on. I know you were. Expecting a one-night stand when I refused I knew you wouldn't understand I'm sorry, baby I didn't mean to turn you on I told you twice I was only trying to be nice Only trying to be nice, oh I didn't mean to turn you on Babe, now I should feel guilty Cause I won't give guilty Won't give 
given. Oh, I didn't mean to turn you on. 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 When I took you out, I knew what you were all about. But when I did. I didn't mean to turn you on Oh, I didn't mean to turn you on Didn't mean to turn you on I didn't mean to turn you on My name's Carter McGrath And I didn't mean to turn you on Insane Clown Posse. What a name for a band. I feel like if you formed a clown posse, you don't need to tell us you're insane. <laughs> like nobody's thinking you formed an emotionally stable clown posse. Are you ready for your next comedian? All the way from San Francisco. Put your hands together for Marty Cunney. What is up, Mutiny? How we feeling tonight? We are warmed up. We are raring to go. What a couple performances we've had so far. It's really helping me. Uh, I don't know, you guys, everyone else, you're about over your Molly hangover yet? Uh, just me? Okay, great. I, well, you have to cheer me up, guys, because it's... <laughs> It's been a rough day. It's been a rough year. Um, God, my girlfriend uh, broke up with me about a year ago, and I don't know. I mean, I've been doing okay for myself since then. I feel like I'm back on my feet, but there's one thing I miss more than anything. Uh, she was really into choking, and there's just that's just a tough one to find. And it's not like it's not like there aren't other people that are into choking, but I mean like dangerously into choking. Uh, like, how do you, I, I, I don't know. There's like something about, so like just loving someone so much, like having such a special connection with them, you'd do anything for them. And knowing that if you ever get like a little upset or annoyed with them, that you can just take it out on her later. Uh, <laughs> literally choke her till she almost passes out. Maybe she does pass out and she'll thank you for it afterwards. There's... How do you like? How do you like try to find that in someone? Like, how do you? I, I, I guy, I'm uh, you know, I'm in a long walks on the beach and uh, near murder. You too, or <laughs> I want to cut it close. Okay, man, I miss it really. I mean, how else? It's like, you know, the, that special color purple she would turn. Uh, <laughs> Like, I, I miss it, man. I could paint my walls that color. I'd fall asleep like a baby every night. That special vein in her head when I'd gone a little too far, like, just to let me know. Like, oh, man. How do, how do I get to that point again? I mean, it's just tough. Like, and I think it's really tough, too, because really, when I think about it, I think choking might be, like, my only fetish, right? And... <laughs> 
And that's just tough when you're living in San Francisco. Like, I feel like I'm not taking full advantage of this city only being into one thing. Like, there's a fucking festival for every weird, deviant, sexual thing you could be into here. And I only get to take advantage of one of them? Come on. But, like... I don't know. How do you how do you find out what like your fetish is? Like how do you find out what you're into? There's no like fetish allergy test that we have out there. <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about? Like the allergy test where they like prick you on your skin with like all these different things that people are commonly allergic to and then just to see if you have a reaction. Like what is that? Where do we get that for fetishes? Like how do we find it? I'm sure I have like something buried deep down in my conscience. Like I got a fucking boner when I sat on a beach ball for the first time. <laughs> And now I want to, like, fuck a girl that's painted like a beach ball and weighs, like, 350 pounds. Like, I don't know. I, how do I find that out? Where does that come from? Like, I think I'm, the closest thing that we have is the Folsom Street Fair, right? Like, that's the closest thing to a fetish allergy test that we have. You just walk down that street, try to keep your eyes open the whole time, and just say, like, yep, nope, that doesn't do it for me. Nope, no, no. Oh, maybe. I don't know. I think, like, but I think it's, it's just, like, a, such a weird thing because, like, if nothing turns you on there, right, then you just have to do another pass while somebody's, like, hitting you with a cattle prod the entire time, you know? Just, like, mix it up. See, like, maybe that, maybe this is what I'm into. I don't know. I don't know. It, it, I think it's, uh, it's unfortunate for me. Um, well, we're, we're pretty well out of the holiday season now, guys. Uh, uh, it's unfortunate because Christmas is my favorite holiday because uh, I was born on September 25th. Do the math. Typically, nine months is how long a pregnancy lasts. My parents fucked on Christmas is what I'm trying to say, everyone. I had a very merry conception, okay? A lot of frankincense and myrrh was probably involved. It might have been in a manger. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I, I got pretty lucky, though. That's a good, that's a good one to like, trace my, my conception back to. Like Some people probably aren't that lucky. Like, there's a whole bunch of teenagers out there that were born on uh, June 11th, 2002. <laughs> Do the math. Carry the three. Talk about 9-11 babies, guys. Talk about 9-11 babies. I mean, that's, that's, that's terrible. I mean, those kids, what are they, 15 years old now? They probably, at some point, they're going to do the math, and it's just going to be like, oh, fuck. Oh, my God. The only thing that went down faster than Tower 2 was my mom's panties. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh, God, it was an inside job. Oh, George Bush did it probably. I don't know. Oh, here we go. Perfect timing. Guys, I don't know if you're familiar with a little place in San Francisco called Power Exchange, but I've, I've doctored the lyrics to the, to the Pina Colada song to fit this a little bit. I was tired of my lady. We've been together too long. Like a worn-out recording of a favorite song. So while she lay there sleeping, I read the paper in bed. And in the personal columns, there was this letter I read. If you like peeing on your girl's feet, if you like clothespins on your taint, if you like being treated like a piece of meat And being choked until you faint If you like making sounds like a llama While your diaper's getting changed I'm the freak that you're looking for We'll meet at the power exchange 
I didn't think about my lady I know that sounds kind of mean But me and my old lady Had fallen onto the same old old routine So I wrote to the paper Took out a personal ad And though I'm nobody's poet I thought it wasn't half bad Yeah, I like peeing on girls' feet But only on your big toe And I like electric stock therapy But only when I'm getting blown If you like furries banging unicorns And being a cum firing range You're the freak I'm yearning for See you at the power exchange Same guitar solo twice I always thought that was kind of weird So I waited with high hopes Then she walked in the place I knew her smile in an instant I knew the curve of her face It was my own lovely lady And she said, oh fuck, it's you <laughs> And we laughed for a moment And I said, I never knew That you like peeing on girls' feet And sucking on elbows And making me fresh baked treats after shitting in the dough If you like calling me daddy While I dress like your dad We'll let a freak flag fly At the power exchange Alright, we'll call it there. That's enough of that. Thanks so much, guys. That's a lot of fun. Bring up your hosts. Oh, yeah, yeah. Keep it going. You guys ready for your final comedian on the uh, karaoke set show? Yeah. All the way from Los Angeles, put your hands together for Kevin Monroe! I'll point at you. I'll point okay. at you. Okay. Um, I'm not gonna run over. I'm not okay. gonna run over. Yeah, I, I try to keep it tight because you know, uh, federal uh, recommendations or you know regulations uh, state that we have to wrap up in a couple of minutes. Uh, my name is Kevin. Hi. It's a stupid name. Because, uh, look, I have, I have uh, five siblings, okay? Here are my siblings' names. Adai, Kasim, Khalifa, Kengana, Damali, Kevin. <laughs> like, yo, what happened to the African names, though? You know, like my dad was like, oh, this one will be a great warrior, Adai. And she will be a queen, Damali. And this one, ah, he'll probably work in an office. <laughs> Kevin. 
<laughs> Kevin is Swahili for most likely to work in a cubicle. <laughs> How did this happen? Oh man, my, my family is ridiculous, man. My, uh, my father has uh, another family uh, in the same village that we lived in in Trinidad. Yeah, and he was like, well, no one will notice. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I'm six foot six, you're six foot seven. <laughs> those two six foot tall giraffes running around, those are yours. <laughs> Everybody notice. Oh, man. Uh, they, they moved to Florida, and uh, uh, I stayed there for one year uh, in high school, and I can't stay there anymore. Every time I come home, do not go in that room. That is a home office. You cannot sleep in that room anymore. It is a home office. I'm like, Mom, what office do you know runs on Windows 95? <laughs> At a dot matrix printer. This is not office. This is a front for drug activity. <laughs> I turned my mama in. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> She's on the first 48. Look. <laughs> now, they, they, they're ridiculous, man. Like, uh, they sold a house in Florida and didn't tell me. They didn't tell me. Like, I, I came home to surprise them one day, knocked on the door, and a white family opened the door. <laughs> so I was like, cool, adopt me. <laughs> Y'all seen the blind side, right? <laughs> Hello, white family. <laughs> Teach me how to play football. <laughs> Take me to ballet lessons. Come on. <laughs> you have money, white family. My mother's always harassing me. She's like, Kevin, if you are gay, you can tell me. I'm like, look, I'm not. Look, just because I live in San Francisco and teach dance lessons. <laughs> and wear Banana Republic sweaters. Uh, <laughs> you like the sweater, don't you? You like the sweater? Yeah? Mind your business. <laughs> Kevin, you must find a black woman or you will die alone. I'm like, everybody dies alone. <laughs> Unless you're an ISIS. Like, <laughs> those only motherfuckers don't die alone, right? <laughs> I think that's it, really. I like it. Cut that from the. I have enough trouble with trolls on the internet. I don't need. I don't need more shit for these people. Oh man. Well, uh, uh, so uh, just to tell you how crazy it is. Uh, with black people in America, like how weird it is here. There was this story that came out a couple months ago about this guy in South Dakota uh, with a gun. He was taking the trash out with a loaded gun in his sweatpants. No, don't ask me why he was taking the trash out with a gun in his sweatpants. I mean, I don't know, he's scared of raccoons, Oscar the Grouch, I don't know who the fuck is <laughs> in there. But the gun went off and he shot himself in the penis. Yes, he did. And of course, the police showed up because they're like, I don't, you know, okay, I don't care. Fuck that robbery. I want to hear what happened to this dude. How did this? <laughs> so they show up at the hospital and he got pressed. So he said, and I quote, a black man tried to rob me and shot me in the penis. Now, let's leave aside the fact this is South Dakota <laughs> with a black population of like five people. <laughs> you know, so who the. F <laughs> Oh, I can't even... <laughs>
I can't finish the story. No, this is too important. This is too important. This is too important. Mom, I hope you're listening. This is very important. Well, these men come in all these places. No pun intended. And these men are all the same. You don't look at their faces. And you don't even ask their names. You don't think of them as human. You don't think of them at all. You keep your mind on the money. Keeping your eyes on the wall. I'm your private dancer, a dancer for money. Do what you want me to do. I'm your private dancer, a dancer for money. And any old music will do. I want to make a million dollars. I want to live out. Have a husband and some children Yeah, I guess I want a family All these men come in all these places No pun intended And these men are all the same You don't look at their faces And you their name. I'm your private dancer, a dancer for money. Do what you, I don't see any ones on this motherfucking stage. I'm your private dancer, a dancer for money, and any old music will do.
has been our show. You have been a wonderful audience. The next show is at 9 p.m. and it is dirty. to your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it or I ain't scurvy shitface McRat. <laughs> everybody listen to the weekly review with roman every friday from noon to 2 p.m the point is like he's a crazy expert with games so he created match.com or fucking facebook <laughs> too in real life this guy was going to have a great career but then he got into a car accident this guy was on Mork and Mindy. Uh, he was on Laverne and Shirley as a regular. He on um, and Mindy. He started James at 16. Do you remember that show? Yeah, I remember James at 16. I'm That's a little a bit older show. than you. Are you sure you remember no, it? No, it's it was a like 70s show. I'm, I'm familiar with you. It is, it is before my time, but I know the show. Yeah. So James at 16 was 1978, in which I was like 12. I definitely was a regular watcher of that show. It was like a first time, you know, something serial, you know. It was interesting. <clears throat> this guy was on it. That's how we started. Huh. He was on Night Shift. You know that movie, Henry Winkler? Oh, of course. That's, uh, oh, look, there's a hot dog between her boobies. And yeah, they're pick just it doing up. another gag. See, this is the thing. Like, people say, like, oh, I, when it comes to bad movies, we can't movie riff comedies because they're already bad. But I love bad comedies. Only in this world does this exist. Right? In real life, yes. there was a time this woman came and she had a hot dog between her tits and you just had to, like, pull it out in front of all these learning guys. Uh oh, here's the videos. This music is so generic. Oh, you know its name? The video it? Video it? Yeah, that's so right. There he is. This performance is the best. This is the most fearless. Now, as you said before, this is John Grise. And in Napoleon Dynamite, he was Uncle Rico. Yeah, right. And he does something completely different in Uncle Rico. Look at him. He's fucking. But, like, he's always been in movies and we just didn't know it. Right. He was in Men in Black as the van driver who was, like, disgusting bugs. And he was in The Rundown as one of the hoods. The Rundown. He was in all of the Taken movies. He's been under our nose. Yeah, well, I think he, like, he kind of had a, a 70s presence. 
right? Like he did a. He kind of had what? I, I get him and another actor mixed up, but there's a. Uh, I get him. Well, there's James Legros, right? This, I I don't know actually. Right. Yeah. Here he is. He's. Oh, look at that. The girls are moving around like Pac-Man. Yeah, that's right. And they don't get much other action. That's what those girls get. They they pretend they always act in unison, and they're it's like they're henchmen for him. Uh huh. But no, no, no. King Vidiot and his mindless henchmen have hit the video arcade. <laughs> Here's our heavy. Here's our heavy. Look at Joe. Joe, Joe Don Baker never looks better. You know he's a Texan just by looking at him, even though he isn't in this movie. Well, he has such a thick accent. There's no way. So, like, this guy wasn't ever really in the biggest thing ever. I mean, he established himself as a Western cowboy action star, you know, in the fifth on the TV. But, but he, you know, his face because he's been in a million movies. But he was never in that great role. Well, Remember no, that? I, I disagree. I disagree because he was in Walking Tall, right? Walking Tall, right? Two and three. Yeah. And he, yeah, played, he was uh, the big deal in Walking Tall. That kind of was his big break. Yeah. He was a football player beforehand. I'm going to take a guess. I don't think he was a football player, but no. Um, he played Felix. But I don't have my background in front of me about him yeah, 100%. But he has played Felix. Do you remember Felix from the James Bond movies? The, the cat. No, <laughs> the, yeah, the cat. The wonderful. Do you ever? He's a wonderful. Hey, you know, have you ever tried Felix's bag of tricks? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. I was okay, this guy uh, again, yeah. Scott McGinnis. You never saw him on Star Trek? Wait, Ted McGinnis, you said? Scott. I is know. he the brother of Ted McGinnis who is in Married with Children and Happy Days? Uh, I don't think so. I think so. You mentioned that movie Wacko? Yeah. He was in it. He played Norman Bates. Okay, so there you go. So they, so that's also by the same director and had Joe Don mm-hmm. Baker. Oh, Fat yep. Farted. One time he was on um, Facts of Life. <laughs> he smelled his own fart. Anyway, even though maybe you don't know it, but he played a young lieutenant dubbed as Mr. Adventure by Uhura, you know, when they were in the transfer room in Star Trek Three, And that's what makes it exciting to... Okay, so hang on a second. For me. What an amazing body. Mama? <laughs> <laughs> And she has you know, I think accent. you cut it lettuce once. There was a cabbage. Okay, now there's the mom. Um, excuse me, there's the daughter, and she's doing Valley Girl. At least I didn't take them. I think they dubbed it in. All right, now Patsy, we have an understanding. You will not go to the arcade again, right? Here you go, Daddy. If I want to go to the arcade, like I am going to go. Okay. <laughs> what a bitch. <laughs> Okay. No one talks that way. Well, she certainly does go to the arcade every day, and that chafes this guy's ass, and he's going to make trouble for the. I'm watching Fat Burger make like a fat sandwich. It's ketchup on something. So Scott McLean, this guy, I think his brother has to be the actor Ted McLean. Uh-huh. So Ted McGinnis Ted McGinnis is an actor who shows up in Happy Days He marries Darcy In Married with Children His last name is like Marcy His last name is Darcy And she became Marcy Darcy <laughs> Does that ring a bell? No Alright For me brothers. For me I don't know What do he I looks, know? He looks exactly the same They look like brothers Okay I called it 
Nailed it. Nailed it. You want me to check for proof fact fact proof it? Nah, I can't even pronounce <laughs> say, call it. Snopes that shit. He snopes it. Uh oh, when the vans are knocking. When the vans are Yeah, rocking. he goes, I put you in charge of official parking lot uh, observer. Go see what you can find and report back to us. But remember, they might not want to be disturbed, but they <laughs> are going to get disturbed. Oh, look at it. They got a big old hole oh. in the chat covering. They got a hot tub look. in there? Look at those tits. You see the boobs? Look, she's not mad. No, she doesn't mind. Whoa! I fell into the hot tub. Look at the smile. Did you see the smile? Well, the guy's happy. He's got another able body in this hot tub. What I mean is, you can tell from this, like, it's not a real thing. It's like, okay, roll him. Because if you really fell into your hot tub, you wouldn't be like, Let's oh, this is hilarious. You have a Pac-Man right? wipe into the other scene. Pac-Man goes across the screen. I'm sure Namco mm-hmm. is like, yeah, you can use our character. No problem. Right? Right. You, you can't do that now. You get sued by Pac-Man. Oh, by the way, I was thinking I should take you to the video arcade to my 12-year-old. So I went down to Willowbrook Mall. Oh, of course it's closed. Eight years ago, years and years ago it was closed. Right, it was Fun and Games Video Arcade uh, at the Willowbrook Mall. And, you know, it was a golden age because it was a Chuck E. Cheese right outside the mall. So you could hit two arcades, technically. They're showing the picture that they got of him in the car. They're teasing him. They tease him out throughout the whole thing. But look at his face. He's not a nerd. He's a cool kid, and he's got glasses on. <laughs> he put on a wig. Right. Well, he's he's just Jewish, that's all. Now, this game looks good. <laughs> She's looking They're at lips. Free it's, a Pac- it's a Pac-Man ripoff where the like, blue cops are chasing uh, a burglar around a, a maze full of dots. Yeah, listen, let me speak to that. This film, this uh, video game that you're seeing here, absolutely was oh by the way they're playing strip video game ha 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 how can they get away with that (laughs) will the problem not do this you know the blonde is very small in the chest area but she's well of course she looks like a little doll a barbary barbie doll <laughs> right. Of course, Mike, I know you're a pig like me. Okay, let me speak to yes. this game. I just want to say that this is 100% a Pac Man ripoff. Right. But it was a real game of the day, and Pac Man is 100% featured in this game. You know the uh, this film? You know the company Midway? They right. made Pac Man in the United States? That's right. Do you know? Yes. Okay. They were completely partners with uh, this Graydon Clark, and. They, they he licensed the image of Pac-Man, no and they were way. like, "Fine, have it for dirt cheap because we want you to do it." And they, this great on Clark said, "Listen, do you have a game that's coming out because we can feature it in the movie, Which and then do. everyone will get hyped about it and buy it?" Which they do. Yeah, two games. The main one is called Satan's Hollow, and Which we'll see it like in a like. I dare you to go against me. If I win, you get the arcade. If you lose, we close. Or Satan's you know. Hollow is basically like a Space Invaders game where you have a ship in the bottom of the screen and you have to shoot above. <laughs> what are we watching? Hello. And then uh, <laughs> um, we're watching nice a, a time before pornography in your on your telephone. That's what we're watching. You have uh-huh. to go to the movies to see this stuff. Yeah, Ted's brother has got two ladies back to back on him. <laughs> what about the video game contest? 
Ted's brother. Ted's we brother. don't even know that. Scott. Uh, hey, what is Pluto pouring into the uh, love shack? It's, so it's um, like a fire. Actually, it's a it's a um, a fire extinguisher. But they're saying like, oh, it's a fire, and the alarm's going off. Um, <laughs> They, they're putting it in there like a kind of prank. You know? Yeah. Uh, oh, and then you run out of <laughs> And there is... It, look, you see, they ran into the bad guy's arms, and then they took a picture of him, uh, as if he was part of the madness down at the video arcade. I they, need that Polaroid. That Polaroid, you that, too. Give me that Polaroid. Give me that. No. Okay, so here comes the daughter to distract him. Oh, I like the daughter. And he's like, I told you never to come in here again. Okay, this is the external of the arcade, but it's really the warehouse. Now, that guy was like, in Do you recognize his face? From yeah, Sprite? I do. Yeah, I think it was Drifter. What was his name? Oh, Let me see. I must have it here. Dean Stockwell. Oh, Cruiser. In Stripes, his name was Cruiser. But the thing is, you see him here, and he's his young self, and you see Stripes in him. But if you saw. Him
July 1946, Paris. In the reception room of that palace on the right bank of the river, a hale and hearty journalist heckled for a quarter of an hour a thin man with deep marks of suffering and privation on his face, who had in front of him a small vase of pink roses. Round about were nearly 100 reporters and observers from all countries. Mr. President, you are a communist, aren't you? Yes, the man replied sedately. Have you been in the resistance? Ladies and gentlemen, Angelo Palamenti. About 40 years. Have you been in prison too? It was clear what the journalist was driving at. Yes. What prison? Many, sir. Long? The thin man looked at the hale and hearty journalist with a faint smile and said, In prison, time is always long, you know. The reply given in French was prompt, clear, and unexpected. Was it said as a reproach, as irony, or as humor? What is certain is that at that instant, Frenchmen, Englishmen, and Americans in the room were astonished to notice that the goatee-bearded scholar could smile in Paris or in London as well as in Hanoi. It was the unscrutable smile of a wise man whose vision stretched far beyond today. Have you any further questions, journalist? In prison, time is always long. Ho Chi Minh, Prison Diary. Arrested at Tukvid Street, Abundance and Glory Street. At Abundance and Glory Street, shame was thrust on me so as to delay my journey. I am an honest man with a clear conscience, but I was accused without ground of being a spy. Entering Sing Si District Prison, Old inmates of the jail welcome new prisoners. In the sky, white clouds are chasing the black ones away. White clouds and black have drifted out of our sight. On earth, free people are huddled into the jail. Hard is the road of life. Having climbed over steep mountains and high peaks, how should I expect on the plains to meet greater danger? In the mountains, I met the tiger and come out unscathed. On the plains, I encountered men and was thrown into prison. I was a representative of Vietnam, on my way to China to meet an important personage. On the quiet road, a sudden storm broke loose and I was thrust into jail as an honored guest. I am a straightforward man with no crime on my conscience, but I was accused of being a spy for China. So life, you see, is never a very smooth business. And now the present bristles with difficulties. Morning. Every morning the sun, emerging over the wall, darts its rays against the gate. But the gate remains locked. Inside the Once awake, everyone starts on the hunt for lice. At eight o'clock, the gong sounds for the morning meal. Come on, let's go and eat to our heart's content. For all we have suffered, there must be good times coming. Noon. In the cell, how lovely it is to have a siesta. For hours, we're carried away in sound sleep. I dream of riding a dragon up into heaven. 
waking and brought abruptly back into prison. Afternoon. Two o'clock. The cell door opens to let fresh air in. Everyone raises his head for a look at the sky. Free spirits haunting the sky of liberty. Do you know your own kind of languishing in prison? Prison meals. At every meal, only one bowl of red rice, without vegetables, without salt, and even no broth to go with it. Those who get food brought into them can sometimes eat their fill. But without help from outside the jail, we groan with hunger. The Gruel Inn. At the side of the road, in the shade of a big tree, a thatched hut serves as an inn for passing travelers. But there's no wine for the guests of this institution. The menu is just cold rice gruel and white salt.